This is Danny Jolkin, and you're listening to the Level Flight Podcast. Welcome into episode 53 of the Level Flight Podcast. I've got Brian and Elliot here with me today. And if you're on YouTube or you've checked out our social media the last couple of days, you see the rebrand, the new logo. Um, if you haven't already, go check it out at Level Flight WPG. Let us know your thoughts. But guys, how are we feeling? Rebrand episode 53 rolling through the season. Yeah, it's... Uh... It was a lot of deliberation over the last couple of weeks of us figuring out where we wanted to take the the logo because, you know, we hit a year. We hit our 50th episode, like you're hitting those milestones and we're like, you know, this seems like the time that we want to trust in things. And uh, no, we were excited to put something together and we sat for like an hour or two just coming up with, you know, ideas. And then we ended up going with something that was made like fairly early in the process that we kind of just shoved to the back and we're like, wait a minute, this looks, this looks kind of good. Let's tweak this a little. And, uh, here we are. Um, but no, it's, it's been, it's been an exciting few days here announcing this and got a lot of, a lot of support and, uh, we appreciate that greatly. Yeah. I'm super excited by the logo. Like Brian said, this was one of like the first versions of our logo that we created and we kind of just went, well, we can't go with this right now. Maybe I, I, I love how we said we would do this in a couple of years. And uh, fellas, it's, it's been a year. Um, I think our timeline's a little bit off. But either way, yeah. su- super proud of the logo. Uh, shout out Brian. Um, he's, no, nah, I'm not going to say he's the, well, you're pretty good at, I was going to say you're the GOAT at graphic design. <laughs> pretty good. You're, all right. <laughs> you're, you're, you're really good. That's not an understatement. Hey, I, you're, you're, I really, I, you're, you're really good. You also have a lot more experience than I do. I think I sat there and gave some pretty generic ideas. I wish I had my sketchbook here because, um, God, were those awful. Uh, but either way, really <laughs> proud of what uh, what we've got here. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate the support from everybody. And we're just excited to get right into this episode. I think it's, I think it's time to go. Yeah. Yeah, it's been... It's been a fun couple days. Uh, I will say you're right, Elliot, because I was making logos as we were doing this brainstorming session. And like what I was trying to get to was what Brian made and, and our new logo like a year and a half ago. So yeah, I just was like, <laughs> I was just really far um, ahead of things, I guess. Yeah. I was like getting there. I was tweaking it. It was like LFP. I was like, what's the right font? And then Brian's like, oh, we used this logo like a year ago. And I'm like, yeah, that's like perfect. That's exactly we what scrolled up in our chat and we're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. Um, but yeah, like you said, let's get into this episode. Um, three games happened since our last one. They lost to Vegas, beat Arizona, and then last night beat St. Louis with an impressive win. I don't know if we want to spend too much time on the Vegas game. Uh, they lost this one. Special teams were once again a factor. Vegas looked really good. Vegas lost their first game actually on sunday night against anaheim of all teams didn't know that could happen 
one of the hottest teams in the league out of nowhere. But yeah, the Jets lost to Vegas. I don't know if you guys have any sweeping takeaways from this one. Um, if not, the other two games, I feel, deserve a little bit more airtime. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it's one of those ones where, one, it was a loss that didn't have a whole lot of good in it. Uh, and two, it was like a full week ago by the time this is coming out. So yeah, <laughs> um, I feel like it's kind of been pushed to the back, especially once you have two straight wins, uh, especially of scoring five goals. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. let's get into... Let's get into that Arizona game. That Vegas game, I mean, tough loss. Vegas is good. That's kind of what you chalk it up to. Like, I don't really yeah. know. Road game, yeah. start of a road trip, whatever. Um, I mean, it, when, yeah. when you start the way that the Jets did, it's kind of hard to expect a win in that one. But Rough, rough start, yeah. That is a theme that we've been following. Um, but I guess it carried over into the Arizona game. That first period was rough from the Jets' perspective. They started off in a 1-0 deficit. The first period, I think they had four shots on goal. Just wasn't a good start. Um, and then Nino Niederreiter and Brendan Dillon pull them out of the trenches and carry the Jets to victory. Um, Brendan Dillon, I mean, firstly, on this game, I just want to talk about the game winner, the goal that gave them the 4-3 lead late in the third. Just Appleton with a spinning pass. Brendan Dillon steps into one and goes posting in uh, over the blocker of Vegmelka. Just an unbelievable shot. Unbelievable game from Brendan Dillon. Uh, and the third line, obviously, Niederreiter kept cooking, but they're just, they're still rolling. Brendan Dillon with one of the best offensive games of his career. I don't really know um, I, who predicted that, but I will say fun to watch nonetheless. Uh, Brian, what were your sweeping takeaways from this one? No, I no we're we're good. No, I had to mute there because my my neighbor is a menace and doesn't stop coughing. Um, <laughs> if you've seen on Brian's Twitter, <laughs> yeah, uh, I no, I didn't uh, look at our chat and I was like, you didn't look ready. Whatever. Yeah, no, he, uh, not, yeah. no, he no he no we're good now. He stopped uh, for okay. the time being. I um, hope you didn't but, like uh, hit the wall or something. But uh, we're getting to that point. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, it was one of those. Like, if you would have told me that all five goals came from a combo of Brendan Dillon and Nino Niederreiter, I would ask you, did Nino score five goals? Um, yes. And I I truly, I, especially to like, first one, you know, it, was, it wasn't overly remarkable, but that second just absolute rocket from the circle was just, just gorgeous. Yeah, and it was it was that, and then like it's also a nice little development. We don't know; it's probably not going to continue. He's never been an offensive guy, but if you're getting the occasional goal from Brendan Dillon, that is just massive for the back end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's if may I add that uh, looked a little Josh Morrissey esque with the step Definitely. in. Um, yeah. So I don't. I know they're both left-handed shot D, and um, it's. Maybe they've been working on it together. Maybe Brendan's been asking for some tips. I don't know. Um, but um, yeah, when you have a guy who just last night, if you're watching the game, the broadcast, uh, they do that interview with Brendan Dillon where he's got to talk about, oh, what goalie, da, 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 da. He even said, oh, not really any goalie has my number. I only have 25 or 26 career goals, right? Yeah. So for him to he score two in a game. Yeah, I yeah. think he said hell about because in practice he, but still at the same point, 
he scored like 25 or 26 goals. Don't quote me on it. I'm well, I'm quoting him. Don't quote me on it. Uh, <laughs> but um, so I, I thought that the Jets didn't start out well in the first period. And then I, I thought they looked better as the game went on, which I, I think that they need to stop this bad first period start because it seems to keep happening in all, like I will say it's happened in their, some of their losses, but it's also happened in some of their wins. So yeah. fine. If you want to start bad against Arizona, sure. You, you'll probably still come out the better team on the other end, but there are going to be nights where you may no, need those two points late in the year. Cause it's a central division battle. And if you're not going to start well in the, in the first period against a Colorado, a Dallas or whoever, like, a couple other teams in the Vegas, Pacific too. Before, Vegas, yeah. like yeah. You, you're not going to win games. You got to at least come out and be competitive. That Vegas first period, and I would even say the Arizona first period, the Jets didn't look competitive. Obviously, they yeah. took over the game in the second, third period in in the Arizona game, but you're not going to be able to do that against every opponent. Teams like yeah. Vegas are going to score once or twice and then shut the game completely down, and you've got nothing, and then you can't generate any momentum. So. For, for them, I think it's good that they came back in the second and third, but at the same point, you need to at least put up a somewhat productive first period. Yeah, I, I agree that the first period starts were concerned, and they still kind of are, but that St. Louis game, they come out flying. Uh, we can kind of transition into that now. I don't really have anything else from the Arizona game, except for, I will add, the special teams actually came alive in this one. It carried over into the St. Louis game that we're about to talk about, but Nino scored the goal on the power play. The penalty kill looked a lot better. They gave up a goal with like three seconds left on one of the kills, but the penalty kill did look better and was uh, suppressing chances at a higher rate than they usually do. Uh, so that was a good sign. And then St. Louis, good start. Alex Iafalo ends the game with four assists. Um, the power play wakes up. They went two for three, I believe. Uh, and just one of the best games I think the Jets have played all year, start to finish. Just St. Louis, I never really felt was in it, except for a few kind of erratic Connor Hellebuck saves where he just found himself in the corner just randomly. Um, but I, I will say, start to finish, probably one of the best 60-minute efforts in the entire season to this point. Would you agree, Brian? I would. I would say so. Like, it was just one of those things where you saw the sort of resolutions of issues that we've been talking about for weeks. And uh, we have, we it, obviously it's the blues are a bit of a weaker opponent. So you have to take care of business against those weaker division teams. Um, but if there's a way that they can use the results from this game to carry over, uh, that's exactly what they need because they got, as you said, they got the, the power play production. I think they went what two for three, um, mm -hmm. two power. I don't recall the last time I've seen them score two power play goals, even stretching back to last year. Um, yeah. but then you also, the top line, the, the fact that I I've been talking about how they have yet to get going in Velarde's absence. And then suddenly last night, like you get three points from both Connor and Shifley and then four assists from Alex. I that that's, you need it from your top line. Like I, I'm not sure it continues, but the fact that you got it finally was nice because the, the last few games it's been carried by the other lines. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that overall, like Connor said, I think that they looked really good for all 60 minutes. I like the pressure they put on. I will say when St. Louis did make it two one, they did. It was a little interesting there for a minute. Um, mm -hmm. Cause they scored directly after the second goal, 
Uh, but other than that, I don't, but St. Louis doesn't look threatening. They like, we posted our graphic yesterday. If you haven't checked it out or checked out our social medias, like we've talked about, you should. Um, but when you look at the expected goals for St. Louis, they, they just, they don't generate anything. They play a very quiet and calming or well, not calming, but quiet and boring game. It's so, not calming for anyone, any one of their no. fans watching the game. <laughs> no, it's not at all. Yeah, continue. That's why they're just singing in the seats. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, down four one singing country road. Yeah, good idea. I'm pretty sure they were um I'm pretty sure they were doing the wave in the third period too. Well, they were, yeah, they were I was also singing my own worst enemy. So <laughs> I was about to ask, what is the what is worse? Doing the wave in like a tie game or like singing country roads take me home down four one in the second period when team's getting Listen, blown out. I like I, I don't I don't know. Start the I bus wait, we're at home. still worse. The wave feels like a curse. I yes. feel like the people singing uh, in country roads are just, they're just trying to have fun amidst yeah. just miserable games. So, you know what? Power <laughs> yeah. to them. But I'm sorry. Uh, I have a genuine hatred for the wave. So that's my answer. Wow. I'm with Jeez. You on that. I'm with you on that. Wow. Not you both hate the wave. I don't again, hate it. There's a time and a place. We don't need to get into the the wave discourse, but like when the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are up thirty points in the middle of the season, and it's and you're feeling good, yeah, go crazy when it's a tie game and down the stretch where they're like down by three and the offense has the ball and we're doing the wave. It's like what are like what are we doing? But I don't know. It's it's. I think there's a time and a place. Anyways, yeah. Back anyway, back to St. Louis. Um. Yeah. No. I I thought that uh, Connor Hellebuck did not have his best game of the year. Um. By he did not look Connor Hellebuck esque. He looked too much like a Mark Andre Fleury or a a more erratic goaltender, which is not who he is. And so him be getting away from that scared me a little bit, but. Again, like I said, St. Louis didn't really generate anything, so there wasn't too, too much. But the first line production is really good to see. Uh, I also like that, yes, I know Kyle Connor scored twice, but they were two different goals. One of, like, his power play goal, I don't even think he was, like, tr- like, I know guys are shooting the puck to try to score, but I, I genuinely don't think that he, like, was trying to put anything harmless on, like, he was just trying to put something on net, and it just ended up going past. Yeah. yeah, I went past uh, Bennington. But real- realistically, other than that, I liked that the power play looked a little bit better. I know, yes, the puck went in, so the so it feels like it did better. But the last two games, I love that they've been moving the puck around. Shifley's been getting it behind the net. He's been not just looking for whoever's on the half wall. He's been trying to look for Aya Follow out in front. Aya Follow's been better about being in front of the net and trying to screen. Um, so I think that first unit has been better. Obviously, the second unit, carried uh in the arizona game but it was good to see the first line and the first unit also try different things to try to score other than trying to just get one timers and just shoot the puck on net like shifley scoring the first goal of the game in front of the net felt good because it was i, I know i wanted to bring that up yeah like mm-hmm. that's a play we haven't really seen and it's something it's refreshing because i follow kind of walks out from under the goal line and shifley's driving to the back post for like a tap in for a one-timer and he gets it and he's open and it's like, in, it, I feel like in their slump, it was just stagnant. And like, I follow might've stepped out right there and he had no option, but to fire it right into the goaltender's chest who has the the angle on him. Right. 
Uh, yeah. Seeing a player drive the back post and having IFO fire a perfect pass. Like, I, I just think that's something, like we said, movement, moving the puck, moving bodies. That's something like just go to the net. It seems simple, simplify things. Uh, and it worked. And it worked in this game. And Kyle Connor, shoot the puck. Like, Cole Perfetti was screening. Um, he, he It was lucky. It got deflected. It still went in. Uh, but again, Kyle Connor shooting the puck, moving bodies, Cole Fetty's kind of screening. It's just things that it didn't look like a top 10 power play in the league, but like you said, the numbers kind of help that out a little bit, but it looks like they're, they're, they're taking the right steps. They're moving people, moving the puck. And that, that net drive from Shifley on the first goal was, was refre- refreshing to say the least. I, 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 I think it's refreshing because it opens up, hopefully, if this continues, other ways for, for that line to keep generating offense. Like, yeah. here's the other thing. Yes, if he misses that tap-in, I'm not going to use the word, but you know what? I, I'd be mad, right? There's a different word that I would use there. Um, but I, w- I would frustrated. be... Frustrated. Yeah, yeah, let's... I'd be very frustrated, but at least he's doing something other than trying to stand at the circle and take one-timers. Right, he's trying to drive the net. He had uh, another play later, I believe it was in the third period, um, where he picked up a loose puck and he like drove, like properly, like drove to the net, put his shoulder down, put his stick out, and he oh, was yeah. trying to like he did that. Like that was Mark Shifley. Yes, I know he's a bigger-bodied center, but he doesn't always like him and Cal Connor don't always like contact. And I love that he picked up the puck and didn't try to like okay, I'm one on two here by myself. The rest of my guys, I think there was a change happening. I think I follow and Kyle Connor went to the bench and he didn't just either, fine, if he wanted to pull it out and try to hold the puck to hold possessions, fine. But I just didn't want him to start dancing around and trying to make a bunch of moves and then lose the puck mm-hmm. and then St. Louis is coming the other way with speed. But he he put his shoulder down and drove his shoulder into the defender and tried to drive to the net on Bennington, which I thought was another thing that's also generating offense because then at least if that puck is closer than that it's shot saved by Bennington at least that then goes to the corner you're not dumping the puck in and just giving up possession and going for a change you're at least giving yourself an opportunity to keep possession and to keep getting other chances generated yeah yeah I agree and I haven't checked the stats since but I checked around like the eight game mark on Shifley's defensive numbers uh I don't know if they've improved but I will say he's looked like the, there's all the, the he looks more motivated. He looks like he's on a mission. I, I kind of agree with that. Like he looks engaged. Him, he looks engaged. And that that play you brought up caught my eye as well. Him lowering the shoulder. Uh, I honestly thought you could have called a trip on that play because he kind of got hauled down and then kept going. But uh, he looks motivated. That's something you haven't really seen out of Shifley. And then it was the Neil Pionk goal. Uh, which I want to talk about more in a second. But for Shifley on this goal, the puck gets chipped out and Brendan Dillon steps up and lays a hit on Jordan Cairo. And Shifley is filling. It's like um, peewee hockey stuff if you're a center. Like you, this is what you're taught to do. Defenseman pitches, you're filling for him because uh, yeah. if the puck gets chipped by, that's your responsibility, right? And he's right on it. He's right there. Lifts the stick, gets it to Pionk. They quickly transition, enter the zone. And then eventually that puck ends up back on Mark Shifley's stick, and he fires a pass, cross seam to Pionk, Pionk scores. And I'm like, the the butterfly effect of him back-checking, lifting the stick, transitioning quickly, and then being able to make a play in the offensive zone, 
Like I just feel like these are things we haven't really seen from Shifley. And and, and, and I hope years. he I hope he continues to do that. And he notices, look what like I, I want either bonus or Arneal to look at him and go, look what just happened when you back checked and did, made a defensive play. Look, look, like I want him to do the, the like, I want him to do the the thing you do with kids all the time when they don't listen and then they finally do what you've asked them to do and then you go look what happens when you do that right like I want them to point out and go if you play defense you're either going to get an assist you're going to get the puck back or you're at least going to keep being in the offensive zone because you're you're making good plays no I I thought Shifley and well and then he you thought he should have gotten a penalty on the drive I'm pretty sure he did drive the net earlier and got a hooking call if i'm not mistaken as well okay. there was another yeah there was another point in the in the game where he drove and drew a penalty i thought actually that besides the first line i actually think mark shifley looked the best out of him and i follow looked the best out of out of the three yeah yeah and i do want to talk about that neil pianco given mm-hmm. what he's been through the past week 10 days i'll start with you brian i mean how nice was it for to, to see you know him score the goal was one thing but then on the bench Nikolai Ehlers and Dylan DeMello clearly like consoling him letting him know like we know this means a lot to you uh just how nice was that moment to see for, for Neil Pionk yeah I mean for those of you who who don't know and who didn't yeah, see it's good to add context um, yeah, good call <laughs> the Adam uh, Johnson was uh, a groomsman at his wedding and Adam Johnson obviously was the, uh, the player who tragically, you know, lost his life over in England with the skate a- accident there. Um, and so he was a groomsman at Pionk's wedding and Pionk did an interview a little bit ago and he was saying that he didn't know someone could cry so hard as, as he has. Yeah. And, um, and the jets did a really nice thing too and flew him and the other Minnesota guys, uh, to the celebration of life. And, they came back for the the game in St. Louis. So seeing him score, first of all, a gorgeous goal. Yeah. And then to come back to the bench and have, you know, his teammates, you know, draped around him and giving them the, the support uh, was just beautiful. And it was one of those things where contextually you wish it wasn't as heartbreaking as it was, but it's, it's gotta be so hard on him um, yeah. and seeing him, you know, be able to celebrate and have his teammates there for him was, uh, it was really touching. Yeah. It was really nice yeah. to see. I completely echo everything you said there. Alex Ayafalo was also one of the players that was chartered to his funeral and celebration of life. He had the four assist game. Like that's a career game for him. That must feel great for him as well. All those players that were chartered, uh, and then are all of a sudden thrown into a hockey game the next day, which is obviously secondary to everything they've been going through the last week that just must take so much mental and physical strength. I can't even imagine. And yeah, yeah, to see Neil Pionk score his first goal of the season. um, Again, this is secondary to everything he's been through, but I think he's played the best two games of the season. These last two games, Um, uh, that goal was really nice to see. And I know we're all happy for Neil Pionk Mm -hmm. because I'm sure that meant a lot to him. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. If, uh, you want to add anything on it or no, just yeah, I think that just quickly, I, I think that that was really cool. I you can't imagine any of the things that he we, we you know, yeah. we've heard him say, I don't like I, I actually would have not blamed him if he had wanted to step away from the team for yeah. a while. Like, yeah, 
and for him to continue playing, I think that shows a lot of mental strength. Um, so I, I, I applaud him for his, for his mental strength and for him, uh, having played really well the last two games. Um, I'm hoping it wasn't extra motivation for all of that, but I do hope that he has, um, he will kind of figure it out and uh, not, I don't want to say move forward. That's not the right way to put it, but I'm hoping that he can, if he has to speak to somebody about it, but if he can mm-hmm. move forward and hopefully this, I'm also hoping that everything that's happened and how the entire hockey world has taken this, it means more people wear neck guards as a safety yeah. precaution. I really do hope that that, and I'm, I'm glad also that Neil is wearing one as well. And we mm-hmm. have also heard, other Jets are wearing them. Moose players are wearing them. We've heard what TJ Oshie has, has had to say. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping that Neil wearing one coming back, hopefully that is a spark for everybody else on the team at some point to wear one as well, because we don't, it, it's a tragic way to lose somebody, uh, especially mm-hmm. when they're playing a sport that they love. It's, it's always, no matter what sport it is, it's, it's a sad thing to happen, but um, yeah, it, yeah, this is what it is. And I, uh, like I said, I applaud Neil for, fighting through it yeah that was well said um the neck guard thing you're gonna see a lot more players wearing it you're brian and i were watching the game together last night at his place in the background there and i think you brought it up you said like it's not even a matter of whether or not they want to wear it at this point it's a matter of which one feels the most comfortable for them to wear so players are just kind of figuring that out obviously some players are still not going to wear it tj oshi said they're grown men can make their own decisions Obviously, if you don't like the neck guard, you don't have to wear it. That's that's your call. But you're definitely going to see a lot more players wearing it in the future. Um, unless we have anything else, we can we can take a quick break and come back with some NHL storylines. There's a lot that's happened over the last week and most notably the last two days um, with some Canadian teams. So stick around for that um, after a word from our sponsors. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away with an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY or 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-QUADRUPLE-7 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, see dkng.co slash football for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources uh, are there for your availability. Uh, Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. 
You can shop Raycon products now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on right now. You've heard us talk about Raycon's products before several times on this podcast. And, you know, Raycon made a name for themselves in the audio space. Their products, like the Everyday Earbuds, known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features, just a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro-USB, and USB Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery. Their faucet filter ultra-filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site, with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 or 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. And welcome back into episode 53 of the Level Flight Podcast. It's time to get into some NHL storylines. We brought this in last episode. I'm a big fan of it. I love talking about, you know, the league, what's happening. And there's a lot that's happening since last week. Um, I want to start with the biggest storyline. Everyone's talking about it. The Edmonton Oilers are 2-8-1 and one to start the season. They have five points. Uh, I think they're like the 31st team in the NHL behind only the the Sharks, who we'll get into in a second. They won their first game last night. But the Oilers also put Jack Campbell on waivers yesterday. Um, we are recording this today. He's going to clear waivers. Like, no one's going to claim a goaltender with $5 million. In I would AAV hate for that left. to happen and someone pick him up. Some random team. Somebody random to I, make it work. But... the Oilers, I guess. Yeah, but no, no one's going to pick him up. Um, and... I just want to get your guys' thoughts on where the Oilers are at right now. That they were my cup pick out of the West. Like I, I had New Jersey over Edmonton, so I had them going to the final. I still do, I guess. Like I can't change my pick, but I can't go back in time. I wish I could, because yikes, they look awful. Um, Elliot, what, what do, you, what do you make of the Oilers' thirty-first place start through twelve games? It's bad. I yeah. like it is horrifically bad now obviously we're still early enough in the season there's enough time for them to catch back up go on a hot streak and kind of just go back to the others we're used to seeing but they've they've been pummeled by so many teams it's at this point it's kind of hard to say that they will turn it around and obviously yeah. mcdavid missed some time and you know it just doesn't seem like they're getting the same production from specific players but the biggest thing and you saw it with the move that they made uh, with Jack Campbell getting sent down, they just need somebody to just sit in front of the net and stop something. Like, yeah, they they they, they, they just they so need, they need a save and they can't get a save. And it it sucks that you know the Oilers make another decision in this current era of or the you can say the I like to combine the Taylor Hall uh, Connor McDavid era all in one because it's the same. It feels like all the same. They, they pick the wrong pieces. They sign the wrong players. They sign guys that have one spectacular season. Like Jack Campbell, 
He had, sorry, was it two yeah. good years with the Leafs? One or two good years with the Leafs? Yeah. But it's 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 like we've always said with when we talk about the Jets goaltending prospects. Goalies are weird. Some years they're going to be really good. Other years, they're like the puck's just not going to bounce their way. And it just seems like ever since Edmonton has signed Jack Campbell to that $5 million contract, that the puck just hasn't bounced his way. Yeah. So, like, even yeah. before that, and it just doesn't seem like there's anybody in the system that the Oilers have that's going to get them a yeah. get them a win by just making a couple stops because it's hard it's hard to win games when you're letting in so many goals as we've seen as Connor Hellebuck has tried to get his form back where the Jets have lost games because he hasn't been on his best and the Jets lose the Jets put up 3-4 yep. goals and they lose 4-3 or 5-4 right so it, it's a tough situation yeah. if you're Oilers fans, but um, that's what you get for dominating the 90s. <laughs> I, and 80s. That, because you bring that up, yeah. Like, I think no Jets fan is like... Like, Jets fans are probably the happiest, along with, like, Flames fans, I guess, but they're also... Yeah, the, the Flames start. are awful, too, so... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they, they said, love to be in the basement together. I said without a doubt last episode that the Oilers are the Jets' biggest rival, so clearly that means something to some fans the jets 1.0 yeah. and 2.0 um but yeah they just can't get a save i don't know if you have anything else to add brian no yeah we'll just no we'll that's move on to the shark they can't they can't <laughs> they can't get a save Stuart skinner's got to play better they can't and mcdavid hasn't looked the same but yeah whatever um let's move on the san jose sharks more importantly than the edmonton oilers won their first game last night uh they beat the philadelphia flyers 2-1 i believe they just like goalied the Flyers. Like, I think the shots on goal were something crazy in the Flyers' favor. Who was it net last night for the Sharks? Do we know? No clue. Was It, it might have been Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah. Let's, but let's I think see. they just dominated the the goaltending department and just found a way to win. Um, but yeah, another storyline is the San Jose Sharks earlier start this year might be a historically bad NHL team, given how they've started. They, they, they just won their first game. You know, like yeah. that's, can't go without stating. Um, yeah, Blackwood, thirty-eight yeah, saves on thirty-nine shots for a nine-seventy-four save percentage. Yeah, that's like, that's, that's how they're like gonna win. New games, Jersey Devils prime Mackenzie Blackwood right there. Like good game Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I I don't know. It's bad. It's it, 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 I'm not gonna say it too loudly because you know sports organizations hate it, but um, so. Oh my goodness! They are, are they going to move? Are they going to relocate? What do you guys think? Man, we should really check their attendance numbers because you know what? If they're low, yeah. oh no! I we oh, we, we might out. be worried. We might be worried about um, two NHL teams relocating because you know there's wow. one playing in the five thousand seat arena and the other one just hasn't been good in you but know a, a long while. Not yeah. the Sharks or the Coyotes, but the Jets should. Yeah. Anyways, that was a little mini rant. Let's move yeah. on to what other storylines do we have? Sharks, uh, I mean, mainly we were, we were just gonna sticking. We might as well just do the. It's it's not the hockey storylines. It's the Pacific Division storylines. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Vancouver Canucks are right outperforming everyone's expectations, and I saw this yesterday where essentially, kind of talking about the Oilers and the Canucks, where the Canucks at this point, you're a month into the season. They have banked so many points already that they could play average hockey and there's still a decent shot that they make the playoffs. Uh, the Oilers at this point are so far in a hole that they need to play 
incredible hockey just to actually get into like the an actual playoff spot. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agreed. Like it's the Canucks are really interesting because I was looking at money puck. I was looking at some stats. Their expected goals, their Corsi, just not good. Not where you'd think it would be. But here they are at I think nine two and one. They beat the Oilers three times already. Uh, it's a heck of a start for the Vancouver Canucks, and honestly, good for them. They've kind of them and their fans have been suffering the last couple of years. They deserve a good team. Elias Pettersson is super fun to watch. Same with Quinn Hughes; he might win the. Yeah, they're just vibing. They're just yeah. vibing. Yeah, and Thatcher Demko looks like a Vesna candidate. So yep. they're they're looking really good. And speaking of Hughes brothers. Uh, last NHL storyline we want to touch on here, Jack Hughes is week to week with an upper body injury, which is a shame because he was probably on pace to win the heart. He might still like, if he only misses, I don't know, eight games ish, he might, he could still win the heart. But, um, if he misses a full two to three weeks of games, that could get dicey, but he, he was dominating the NHL before he got hurt. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys have anything to add on, Jack Hughes, how good he was playing. Um, and the, the Devils have been fine without him. I think they've won like two or three games without they're him. They're still a good hockey team the, without them. Yeah, yeah, yeah similarly to the team. Oilers, though. They just need some saves to actually start winning games. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, well, they're my they other could have traded for a specific goaltender, but uh, they didn't want to pay the price. So Fair enough. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Well, and then that said goaltender is now signed an eight-year contract or seven-year contract. So yeah. they're not seen in any yeah. time soon. Nope, not quite. Um, lastly, we do want to preview the upcoming schedule for the Jets. When you're hearing this, they're playing Thursday night tonight against the Nashville Predators. Nashville's been sneaky good this year. That should be a really good game at Canada Life Center. And then Saturday, they play another divisional opponent, Dallas Stars, 2 p.m. Game got pushed back Shame. because mm-hmm. because of what's behind me here if you're on YouTube. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are taking on the BC Lions West Final IG Field 530. Um, I do want to talk about this bomber game for a bit. I know Brian's going. Um, I'm going as well. I Elliot, I don't know if you're going. I'll be watching. I won't be going, be watching, but I'll be yeah. watching both. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a crazy sports day in Winnipeg. Uh, and I don't think it'll actually be too cold. For this game, it's not supposed I was looking to at the be. weather. Like we're hovering somewhere no. between like zero and three. Yeah. Won't be like Which, the the what was that the twenty nineteen the Saskatchewan West yeah the Saskatchewan that miserable. was that was absolutely so, miserable. But I had so much fun. Yeah, I was I, freezing, but hey, they won and they beat Saskatchewan. Yeah, I look fondly oh. back back at that game. <laughs> that was a really ugly offensive game, but you know that yeah. was. Uh, and then I think it was, it was was it the Edmonton playoff game as well like winnipeg versus edmonton in the the that was horribly underdressed oh goodness brian come on gotta layer up you gotta know yeah (laughs) gotta look at the forecast but how are we feeling about this game and the bombers chances going in elliot you go ahead i feel pretty good i mean like you also have to you have to feel good when you have a two-time mop you have a running back who's in the conversation for MOP this season. You've got it consi- as much as they they have been said as declining. You still have one of the best O lines in the league. You've got yeah. an aging but still very skillful and you know clutch defense. 
Because you know what? That Bombers defense could give up 30 points in the first three quarters, and then we'll put up a zero for the offense to <laughs> go and score one touchdown and win the game, right? Like, yeah, I, I never, as much as there have been lots of more questions this year than any other season, and there will be probably next year if the same core stays together up once more, um, I still feel pretty good about the Bombers going into any game about their chance of winning. Obviously, yeah. BC is good. Vernon Adams... Uh, has yeah. played really well this season. Uh, BC as a whole, they have a really good defense. Um, obviously, I'm still going to back the Bombers to win, but I'm. I think it's going to be a really, really fun game to watch. Uh, I do feel bad for the media members, one that have to go to both yeah. events, uh, but I also have to say uh, I feel bad for the fans that potentially could be going to both because that traffic's going to suck. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going uh, yeah. anywhere that day. I, I'm not yeah. going anywhere. I've Sitting already said that. Yeah, yeah, I'm here for it. I mean, I'll be sitting on the couch watching the Jets game and then heading to IG Field. Um, I live quite close to IG Field, so it's, it's nice. not bad. It's not bad, yeah. Um, you said you could see IG Field, though. So Yeah, yeah with binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hey, just like looking down, like watching the game from my balcony. Yeah. Hey, this is in Iowa. University of Iowa, that'd be pretty cool. But yeah, yeah. Um, this game though I do think the Bombers like you said Elliot I like their chances in any game I think it's going to be a lot closer like the the spread for the game is not like the Bombers aren't favored by like 10 points like it's going to be a it's projected to be a close game but what is the spread BC, do we know I think it's four and a half Bombers are favored okay. um, and BC blows out the Bombers in Winnipeg earlier in the season then they come back and Winnipeg destroys them and that game like isn't even close. Like Winnipeg's resting their starters in the fourth quarter. That's how much like that's how bad that game yeah. was. Um, and then their third game of the year, which I think is the most like indicative of what this game is going to be like in BC. Uh, BC should have had that game. Like they really should have won that game. They had it sealed up. Uh, Dominic Rhymes could have gone down when he caught that pass with five seconds left, and they could have just kicked the field goal for the win. Um, there's a lot of things that led to BC possibly winning, but Winnipeg wins that wrapped up the one seed basically from there on out. And it's, it's interesting because the, the games earlier in the season don't matter. Like BC blew out Winnipeg in week like three or four. That doesn't really matter at this stage in the year. It's that week 16 it was, or 15 game that is really going to tell the story of what this game is going to look like. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I also think be a classic over. I also think people are overselling the cold thing. Like, oh, BC yeah. plays in a dome. Like, whatever. I, I don't These think it's have... going to matter whatsoever. <laughs> if it was minus 15, yeah. Okay, BC might be affected. We're around freezing a little. Like, it's, like, it's not yeah. that bad. Well, here, here's my thing, too. You also have to remember that some of these guys either, A, played at smaller universities, and two, some of them played at Midwest universities. So yeah. the cold, like some of these guys have... You look at a guy like Drew Wolitarski. Yes, I knew he plays with the Bombers, but he went. He played for Minnesota in the Big Ten. Like, yeah. there's the yeah. university football and he in the states is. Yeah, yeah, it's like if, any player on BC could have played at Minnesota and played outdoors in the cold. You know, like it's. I don't think it's really UND South Dakota State. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like it, it, it. Yes, it matters in the terms of the general terms of the game. If like when we talked about, we mentioned the Saskatchewan game, like that game sucked because it was cold and the offense sucked because everyone was running the ball because you couldn't throw the ball. It was too cold. 
right? And guys, it was ball was there's fumbles all over the place because guys couldn't hold on to the football. It was turnover fest. This game, one that's not that cold, and two, these guys have played in conditions like this before, no matter how old they've been. So this isn't it shouldn't be new to them. I think like this is not a hot take. This is like the most amount you can fence it. But I think the better team is gonna win. Like the conditions aren't going to have an effect. Like it's not gonna be like uh, Magic Johnson. (laughs) Yeah, the better team's gonna win. Yeah, what a take. No, but like I, what I'm saying is I don't think the conditions are gonna give the worst team in this game some like crazy miracle where the the someone throws a pick six or fumbles at the end of the game or whatever. You know, I just think whoever plays better is gonna win. I know it sounds stupid, but. Well, stupid counter. It's, that's one. You, you, yeah, <laughs> we're back. You, your your point still stands because it's not like it was the uh, one of the Can- one of Canada's World Cup qualifying games in football where who were they, I yes. forget who they were playing. They were playing a team from down south, and it was snowing in the wherever they were. Pl- I think they were playing. They were in playing. Albert. They were playing Mexico in Commonwealth. In yeah, like in common late November. Yeah, and so obviously that uh, the guys that were Canadian that had played through this weather before. They, I think they won 2-0, and Mexico looked terrible because they'd never practiced or played in the snow right. before because that's they're used to different yeah. weather, right? So that's a different – that's completely different than this. These guys play in cold – football is played at sometimes in cold conditions. Some of these guys have played all up from NFL all the way down to their yeah. peewee football days in the cold. Like this isn't – this shouldn't be new for them. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, outside of that, I think we're – we're good to go. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's that gonna be a busy up. weekend. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. We'll have a lot busy to talk about next week. I'm I'm hyped. It might be a long episode next week. Are, are we gonna have a good. are we gonna have a bomber rant at some point during the episode? Probably. Who knows? Hopefully but, not a rant. Hopefully not. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's let's get out of here. Make sure you check out Level Flight WPG on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you go to social media, and make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Uh, we're really happy with the rebrand, the support we've gotten. Uh, so go check it out. Leave your thoughts on the logo. And yeah, thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week with a big, big episode recapping the Bomber game and three Jets games um, with the Predators, Stars, and the Devils on the Tuesday night, uh, probably without Jack Hughes. So that's something to monitor. Make sure you check us out next week. And from Brian Elliott and myself, thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Peace. You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network.